All right, how's this for some generic cable news election coverage music? Hope you're vibing to it. I know I am. I wanted to set the mood right for today's episode. My name is Gary Kahn, and this is the UCF Rec and Wellness Center's Knights Leadership Series podcast, or as its hundreds of adoring fans like to call it, the KLS Pod. First and foremost, we hope that you're all doing well so far this semester, and we know you're taking all of UCF's recommended and required precautions to keep yourself and others safe. Uh, While someday in a post-COVID environment, this podcast will hopefully be something we continue to do as long as there are listeners like you, we also cannot wait to do some in-person sessions in the future. And just like all aspects of UCF, the more we all do as a community to armor up, the sooner that will be. Now, if you're a prior listener or subscriber to this podcast, then you know that we brought these KLS sessions virtual in March, right at the outset of the COVID-19 pandemic. If you're new to the KLS pod, depending on which platform that you're listening to this on, you can subscribe and both go back and listen to past episodes, and you can get notifications when new episodes are posted this fall semester. We have a really great schedule of podcasts this semester with hopefully one new episode per week on a variety of leadership and personal and professional development topics that affect you, not only as an employee at the RWC, but as a student at UCF and as a global citizen. If you have ideas on topics that you'd like to work on with a staff member to produce an episode, reach out to me. Let me know. Gary at UCF.edu. Last bit of housekeeping info before we get to today's episode. KLS is a volunteer opportunity for your development, but we'd like to know who's listening to get feedback as well as to share with your supervisor that you're attending and that you're listening for future RWC opportunities. So at the conclusion of this episode, please visit bit.ly forward slash UCFKLS. The UCFKLS is in all caps. And fill out a quick survey to let us know who you are, what area of the RWC or WIPs you work in, and what you took away from today's episode. So today's episode is a follow-up to an in-person KLS session on civic engagement that we did back in February. In that session, we talked about all the important aspects of community involvement and how they can have an effect on your personal success, whether it be volunteerism, activism, voting, running for office, philanthropic efforts, social enterprise, and all the variety of ways you can have an impact. Today's podcast is mostly going to focus, as we are in election season in fall 2020, on voting and advocacy. And I have two outstanding guests. My first guest that I talked to is Meg Hall, who is UCF Student Government's Governmental Affairs Director. And she'll talk a lot about voter registration, get-out-the-vote efforts, and voter education efforts that your elected student representatives are working on on your behalf. After I spoke to Meg... I had a great conversation with Kelly Quintero, who is the Director of Advocacy and Government Relations at Second Harvest Food Bank here in Central Florida. She shared a lot of great information on how to use your voice in addition to voting in order to advocate for your community, as well as what the U.S. Census is and why it's being conducted right now and how important it is that you participate in that process. All right, here's our first guest on today's podcast. Meg, thank you for joining us on the Knights Leadership Series podcast. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and how you got involved with student government. Yes, for sure. So I'm originally from St. Petersburg, Florida, and then coming to UCF, I knew that I wanted to get involved with our student government programs. My position in student government is that I am the governmental affairs coordinator, and I work specifically in the executive branch. And um, a big part of my job is... um, increasing our voter registration on campus, and then um, increasing voter turnout um, come the end of October and November. So I'm very excited about that this year. It's going to be a really great opportunity to get students um, civically engaged and get some really great um, education for everyone to make sure that um, students are going for and they're making informed and educated votes when they're reaching the polls. So I'm really excited about tackling that this year. 
And um, if anyone is interested in becoming involved in student government, I encourage y'all to apply to our Student Government Leadership Council. It's great for first and second year students as well as transfer students. So I think most of our students know about what student government does in terms of allocating funds that provide for the Recreation and Wellness Center. But maybe many students aren't fully aware of some of the external advocacy that you do, uh, particularly on the state level in Tallahassee to uh, support student initiatives. Can you talk about that a little bit? Um, every year we take an agenda to the state capitol um, in Tallahassee of what we want to lobby for that year. So it's a big part of my job is working on and developing our legislative priorities. So maybe like four or five things that we want to see happen at the state level. And we'll come up with um, maybe some senators and representatives that we can pair up with um, to sort of push these bills forward. So right now, like we're already working on um, some of our first couple bills that we want to make happen um, during the 2021 legislative session. And we're already looking at some senators that we can pair up with that might be interested in sponsoring these bills. Cool. And, you know, talking about some of your role towards voter registration and every four years, there's a saying in, in politics that all politics is local. And so student government for a University of Central Florida student is as local as you can get, right? If you wanna advocate for change, if you wanna advocate for issues that are probably very important to students that may be less important to people in the general public, like maybe the cost of their education, I imagine those are things that a student government is advocating for in, in Tallahassee. Yes, definitely. I'm so excited for this year to see like what we can get moved forward. The big thing is Florida Bright Futures. Like I don't think that people realize that that has to get passed through every year. So technically every year could be the year that it gets cut. You know, we're, we're at um, a loss for funding. Like we're in a definite, like, oh no, like we need to cut Bright Futures. Like, you know, it's up to you to make sure that that, that doesn't happen because, you know, you're the ones who should be, you know, looking out for it. Um, if you're here that you're at this university if you have younger siblings who you think are going to benefit from from this program so um definitely just something to to think about is if you're interested in the things that affect you maybe check out the florida channel and some of those committees and if something comes up you know there's always um an opportunity to go in person and, and advocate and we'll have to see i'd be interested to see um now with COVID if they create a way to go in and advocate virtually i think that that would be awesome i think that that would open the door to to so many more opportunities to, to speak with legislators and make your voices heard without having to physically go in Tallahassee. So, I wanna ask you a little bit about some of the specific initiatives that, that you are working on for voter registration. Um, today is September 3rd when we're recording yes. this. And so that's two months away from election day, but elections start much sooner than just election day, right? With early voting and vote by mail. So can you talk about ways that um, student government is trying to educate students on how they can participate in that electoral process? Oh, absolutely. So we're focusing on registration for this month. Um, the voter registration deadline is October 5th. So right now we're just trying to make sure that every student is not only registered, but um, very importantly, that they're registered here in Orange County, that they have their voter address updated, because that's something probably you wouldn't think about for a lot of us, and myself included. You know, um, I just turned 21 today, right? So this will be, thank you so much. This will be my first presidential election that I'll be able to vote in. So um, for a lot of students, they may not know about like all like kind of like the nitpicky rules and that, you know, you might think, okay, well, I live here at UCF. I can just go vote here at UCF. I'm a student. It should be that easy, but it's not, you have to make sure that you're registered here in Orange County to be able to like go and vote um, on election day at UCF. So it's something really important that we're trying to get the message out about because if students show up on election day and then they can't vote and it's just like kind of disappointing, there's nothing they can do then. Like it's too late to, to mm -hmm. go in and change their address and unless they wanna fly or drive home, you know. So we're trying to get the word out about that too. So we're hosting um, quite a few registration drives this month so actually this Wednesday is our first registration drive. It's called Nugget and Nuggets. And um, we're working with Orange County Supervisor of Elections Office to um, utilize Memory Mall. And we're gonna have um, students registering to vote. And then also like if you come out and you register, um, 
there's like a lot of other like incentives for just being at the event. And so you can take pictures with um, Nugget, the little ECF mascot, the little mini yeah. horse. And then we'll also have free Chick-fil-A for students. So I highly encourage y'all, um, whoever's listening, to please like um, try to make it an effort to come. It's going to happen four different times. So it'll be every Wednesday in September starting on the 9th. So the 9th, the 16th, the 23rd, and the 30th will be our Nugget and Nugget events. And it's 11 to 1 on Memory Mall. First of all, I appreciate you coming to this interview on your birthday. Um, you, you could have told I was so excited. <laughs> hey, I'll, let's reschedule. But no, I, I have a similar experience because the, uh, for, or a different experience, the first mm -hmm. election I was eligible to vote in was 2000. So you can tell how old I am. Um, by me stating that. And I wasn't registered to vote um, because back then it wasn't as accessible for college students to register to vote. And so I was mm -hmm. here living in Orlando in Orange County, uh, but I was, um, my home was down in Broward County. And back then you had, you had to register as an absentee voter. And right. if you know your history of the 2000 election, it was decided by 537 votes in the state of Florida it was very controversial, went all the way to the Supreme Court, but that's how important it is that every student votes, because regardless of where you fall on, you know, the, the partisan side of things, elections can be decided by very, very few votes. And so sometimes students get a little disenfranchised by thinking, well, my vote doesn't really matter, or right. all that is being talked about is, you know, the, the federal presidential election, but because of that election in 2000, they actually changed the laws in Florida that you didn't need an excuse. You don't need to say, hey, I'm, I'm away for college. You can register by mail without any excuse. And that's right. just another great option. If you're paying attention to the news, you, you know that vote by mail is being talked about. But yes, <laughs> um, we could get into that if you have any insight on that and um, of not only registering, but knowing once you are registered, how you can safely and effectively vote and make sure your vote is counted. So I'm curious if you have any thoughts on, on that part of the process once someone is registered. Yes, um, so just a little bit of information about vote by mail. So not only UCF, we're, we're in a very, um, we're in a very wonderful situation this year. We got lucky working with um, Orange County Supervisor of Elections Office because they've picked UCF as not only a voting poll center, but it's gonna be an early voting site which will be nice. You can start voting starting the um, October 19th, but also you'll be able to drop off um, vote by mail ballots in person. If, and if you are nervous about your vote getting lost or if you're like anything like that, definitely I encourage you to do that. It'll be like drive-by. So they'll be out there with a box. You'll hand it directly to them. So you'll see it. It's like practically the same as going in and doing it in person. Like you're going to see it go through. So I would encourage you to do that if you are not interested in going in person, but you still want to make your vote count. I think that that's a great option for you. Um, if you don't want to change your address, I completely understand that because that can be a little bit like daunting. And then two, like if you aren't in a place where you're getting mail very frequently, or if your mail is spotty and you don't want to change your address for that reason, or if, um, you know, you don't want to forget. I think I, people are saying that like, well, I'm going to change it, but then I'm going to go home and I just, it's not worth it. Well, then I think that absentee ballots or vote by mail is a great option for you um, this year. And definitely you can find more information about that by just typing in Orange County Supervisor of Elections Office. And from there um, on the website, they have really clear instructions for what you need to do to request your mail-in ballot or to request an absentee ballot. Yeah, it's um, ocfelections.com is the yes. Orange County Elections website. Early voting is October 19th through November 1st. It's 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Uh, every day. And I know that because every election um, up until this fall primary, I early vote. And you see things on the news of certain parts of the country where people mm -hmm. have to wait in line and, and wait for hours to vote. Um, we're fortunate if you live here in Orange County that you can early vote and go in and out in a couple minutes, particularly early in the early vote period. If you wait a little bit later, mm -hmm. it's a little bit more challenging. For students who don't live on campus or aren't near campus, but are still in Orange County, um, and I, I always wanna give a plug for our downtown students, um, or if you're a Rosen student, um, you can find on the Orange County Elections website other early voting locations. 
and you can vote at any early voting location in Orange County if you're an Orange County resident. Um, I just saw yesterday that the Amway Center, where the Magic play, is going to be an early voting location uh, with a partnership with the Orlando Magic, and they're going to have the same thing, the drop boxes. I, I did that in, back in August at the Supervisor of Elections office because it's in my neighborhood. And so instead, as soon as I got my vote by mail ballot, I drove over, I put it in the drop box, and then you can go on the website and make sure your ballot has been received and processed. Um, because that's an important part of the process too, because a lot of ballots get rejected for lots of different reasons, whether it's your signature doesn't match or you forget to sign it or you use the wrong color pen to mark the circles, you don't fill out the circles. So is there anything else um, besides kind of early voting? Is there, or do you know if there is a, a campus election day um, precinct after early voting on November 3rd? And where's that? There is. Mm -hmm. It's still, um it's in the same room in Live Oak. Um, I believe it's the garden room. So um, if y'all, like for a visual Live Oak um, event center, it's in Feral Commons. Um, and it's, if you're facing the RWC, which is awesome. So you could go right on your way back from the gym. Um, if you're going to 63 South, it's really convenient. So um, it's easy to remember. You're just gonna be in Live Oak the whole time. Cool, yeah, so, um, and I voted there two years ago during the midterm elections just to, to see where it was. And it's, it's really convenient you're, you're in and out in a second. And it, I think it's important also to mention that the on-campus election day precinct is gonna be only for voters who are yes. registered to vote there. And so if you're somewhere else in Orange County and you are waiting for election day, which is something some people like to do, you need to make sure you're voting on election day at the precinct you're registered for. Yes is very important and to you have to be very careful because the way the lines are drawn can be pretty confusing with Orange County and Seminole County. So I believe um, Northview is technically in Seminole County. So yeah. even though you are an on-campus student, like you reside on campus, that doesn't mean that you can vote on campus. And I know it's like probably so frustrating, but um, it's just something like, it's not a big deal though. If you just go online, if you go, and you type in your address, it'll tell you exactly where you should be. And it's very, very helpful. Cool. Um, and so obviously you, you mentioned you're gonna be doing a lot of voter registration. Mm -hmm. And then in October, you said you're switching more to voter education. Is it about some yes. of these mechanics on how to vote or is SGA gonna host additional um, education about issues uh, with students? It's both, that's a really good question. So. To finish up in September, on the 29th, um, we're hosting a presidential debate watch party on Memory Mall. So that'll be another voter registration opportunity for students. And I think that'll be really fun um, for everyone to come out. We're gonna, like, we're working with um, campus activity boards for that event, and so we're gonna have a giant screen. And I think it'll be a really fun time because you know there's such limited opportunity now to have in-person events. So we're really working to try and make some of these happen. And then in October, um, we're on, I believe it's October 22nd, the, the, I think it's the final presidential debate. We're having another watch party on Memory Mall. And both of those um, will, well, the first one will have a voter registration drive. The second one won't because we'll be past the deadline, but we're gonna have a presentation from um, Bill Cowles, who is the supervisor of elections, to just speak about like the importance of voting and you know why like your opinion matters so much. And then at the end of October, October 27th, we're hosting the Political Information Fair. So this is something that is a collaboration event with um, all of the political RSOs on campus. We've got College Democrats, College Republicans, Turning Point, March for Our Lives. Um, and then we've got even like Greeks Vote, um, Election Commission, and then Senate has a GAP committee, which is a government and policy committee. So we're all gonna work together on this event. And um, we're hoping, um, Tabling's kind of up in the air because of um, new restrictions. So it was gonna be like mostly a tabling event with some um, presentations from um, all the different groups are working on um, informational presentations to give to the crowd. So we're definitely like gonna keep that, but we'll see what else we're gonna add to kind of make it a little more um, enticing for students to come to. But um, yes, so the, all the groups are working on individual presentations and then also um, Bill Cowles is coming again 
on that date to give us another speech. So I'm very excited about that, like to see him. And that event too will be um, accessible via Zoom. So all the presentations we're gonna have live streamed. So if you are at home, if you're taking all online classes and you're out in the area, then you can still view it from there. And then um, I believe we're gonna try to do the event twice because we have a limit on how many students can come into the Pegasus Ballroom at a time. So it would be like, we do an event with 100 students and then we break for two hours and sanitize everything and then do another event with, um, with 100 students. And um, what we're planning to do is um, do the presentations and conclude the event. And then we're trying to set up like a walk from Student Union to Live Oak with signs and and like encouragements like basically the idea is that you go you get your information you like come out like a more informed voter and um then you can go to the polls and make an educated decision right then and then i'm so sorry but just really quick i'll just throw this in here um we have been working on a meetings with members webinar series so we had our first one with um representative anna escamani back in july and um, she is a UCF grad as well. And um, she was a part of, of um, I think, student government and college Democrats when she was here at UCF. So we brought her in for um, a webinar. And then we have two um, just this month alone. Um, we have Representative David Smith um, on September 9th. Um, and you can access that via Facebook Live, student government Facebook Live, or there's um, a Zoom link that you can use to actually enter the webinar. And we're gonna speak with him. It's um, a collaborative event with college Republicans and him. We're gonna speak about um, different legislative priorities that he has in motion for this semester, as well as what's happening with COVID and higher education at the state level. And then the week after that, um, we're doing a collaborative um, webinar with college Democrats. And we're speaking to Representative Carlos Guillermo Smith, who um, I mentioned another UCF grad. And um, we're gonna speak to him too about um, a lot about his um, Hispanic culture because it's Hispanic Heritage Month um, starting September 15th. And then also it's HSI week at UCF. So I don't know if everyone knows this, but UCF is a Hispanic serving institution. So um, we're celebrating that. So we're bringing him in um, for a webinar as well on the 16th. That's awesome. That's, that's very heartening because when I, back in my day when I was a college student, uh, there wasn't that awareness and there wasn't that effort. So I give you guys a lot of credit for, you know, there, there is a lot of data about uh, 18 to 29 year olds and what percentage registered voters turn out compared to maybe 65 year old and older. And, you know, that, that's been a pretty consistent trend line, but two years ago in the 2018 midterm elections, uh, 18 to 29 year olds, turned out at a much higher rate than they ever had before. So I think yes. it's advocates like you, you know, regardless of the issues, you know, the more students who, and young people who vote, the better, uh, the more people in positions of power will listen to you and advocate for the issues that are collectively important. So I appreciate all those efforts you guys are doing. Yes, for sure. And um, I think you really, you like nailed it when you said that, like, how like the issues that matter to us are different than the issues that matter. It's like different age demographics. I think you're absolutely right. And what's frustrating too is that I know that there's been sort of um, a sense of like political apathy that has like come about um, like recently because we've been in such polarizing elections. And I think that sometimes it can be overwhelming for students and a little bit frustrating. And like, I know I've been speaking to people just recently who are saying, well, I don't like anyone, so I'm just not gonna vote. It's like, no, because even if, you know, there's not one of like, you're only looking at two candidates when you say that. And then there's so much more on that ballot besides two names. So it's really, really important that, you know, you don't have to fill out every single thing, you know, but there must be something on there that like affects you and, and you're passionate about. And when you, and you don't make a, a statement like that, like you're not using your voice and you're not ensuring that your wants and your needs are going to be taken care of and represented at this higher level. So definitely. Um, I agree that it's so important that um, they they take notice of that and realize that you know these these are this is their main opportunity to make change at a higher level and um, the best way to do it is to use your voice and go vote for sure. Um, something I like to say, like I found this quote on the internet. It's not my quote, but they always say like you know elections are determined by the people who show up. So you have to make sure you're there and and that you're putting your voice in and that you can make sure that you know people are hearing you and that change can be made.
Awesome. Well, that's great advice. I think you covered just about everything that uh, I had hoped and more. So I appreciate Meg, you coming on our KLS podcast and uh, thanks for sharing all your uh, views and um, initiatives with our students. Sweet. Thank you so much for having me. This was so wonderful. All right. I'd like to thank Meg again for joining us. And now here's the second interview I did for this podcast with Kelly Quintero. You are a UCF alum and a former employee here at the Recreation and Wellness Center. So I'd love to learn a little bit about uh, what you uh, or what your background is and then what you currently uh, do at Second Harvest Food Bank. Yeah, thanks Gary for having me on. I always love talking about all things UCF, go Knights. Um, I actually did work at the RWC uh, many moons ago with the first expansion, I believe, um, and it included the Outdoor Adventure Center. And that's where I actually worked. I worked at the OAC um, doing rentals for camping gear, kayaks, stand up paddle boards, um, planning. Uh, adventures outside and for our students and that was a it was really interesting a lot of people don't believe me when I tell them that I in another life did that and they're like no way you taught people how to surf yep I totally did that at one point um, so while I was there I also was studying for my degree in political science um, and it, it kind of a long windy road ended up here at the food bank but you know really it was my internship opportunities that I had presented to me um, through the department. Uh, a lot of those skills that I did uh, learn were through the outdoor adventure um, folks because they put me in leadership positions and I had to take you know, that, that control and make sure that students knew what the safety protocols were. So take those opportunities when you can. Um, they really came in handy interning in the Florida Senate, that's when I really realized that, hey, this is something that one, I can do and I love doing and three, they will pay me for it, which is great. Um, so that's when I kind of transitioned into that. Um, actually worked at the Orange County Tax Collector's Office for a number of years. Uh, I started as his um, assistant, worked my way up doing communications. But as everybody knows, the DMV is not that sexy. And it's really hard to make it sound interesting. Um, so I jumped at an opportunity that I got in 2016 uh, to work as the Central Florida political director for one of the presidential campaigns. And uh, from there, it's been just evolving. Uh, I ended up being the lobbyist for the Florida League of Women Voters. Um, and then right after that, I took a, took a break. I needed it. But it didn't last long because I found out about the decision with Second Harvest Food Bank, and I now serve as the Director of Advocacy and Government Relations, uh, now going on three years. So I love it here. I have no complaints whatsoever. <laughs> well, you'd be happy to know that the Outdoor Adventure Center is still going strong, and um, even during the current time of COVID, it's, it's been one of our more popular offerings because we are able to do contact-free equipment rentals so students can come by and pick up a tent or a sleeping bag and so um, and enjoy the outdoors. So the OAC is still going well. When it comes to advocacy and government relations, I imagine you meet with a lot of elected officials and local government officials, specifically with Second Harvest through hunger relief and, and advocating for you know, benefits for individuals in our communities that are in need. What are some of the key things that you work on every day? Great question. So I do a lot of communicating with our elected officials and the the crux of it all is really relationship building and if that's one takeaway for pretty much any position that you ever take in your life it's all about relationship building you want to make sure that you're networking telling people about the stuff that you're doing even if it's kind of cringy to talk about yourself um, but you also want to make sure that you maintain those relationships and you nurture them because that's 100% of the time, how you're going to get all your opportunities, especially in the government relations world. It's all about who you know um, and how they know you. So most of my days are all about checking in with my elected officials, their staffers, 
making sure that they have the information they need in case they have a constituent that calls in and says, hey, I'm having a hard time putting food on my table. Totally fine. We see that every day. We're going to give you the resources you need. Um, more in depth, I've been doing a little bit more um, advocacy on the federal level, which is so interesting, um, having not ever do that before, but I actually really enjoy it because you can see the impact on a greater scale. Uh, and a lot of times our elected officials just don't know. They have so many things going on. Um, so even if, if you have to tell them three, four, five times, that's totally fine because maybe on that sixth time when you tell them, that's when they're gonna start paying attention. Uh, and if you have other allies and advocates around you saying the same thing, you don't just sound like you know, Chicken Little saying the sky is falling. Um, everybody else is saying exactly the same thing. And that's really, really helpful um, because again, you're not just the only one saying that. But yeah, it's a lot of relationship building, making sure they have the information they need, giving them data and stories of people who use our services, um, giving them that real life example of who is in need here in Central Florida. I talk to a lot of students and I've worked on a college campus long enough to hear the idea, particularly when it comes around the electoral process that um, my vote doesn't really make a difference because they hear about like the big federal issues that are on the news and all over the, the internets. And so I guess, what would you say to, uh, if, if Kelly was a college student in, in 2020, like how would you tell someone that they do have a voice and why it's so important to you know, get involved? So now more than ever, I feel like it is so evident why your voice is so important. Every vote really does count. I've heard so many stories here in the entire state of Florida where local elections are decided by the matter of vote, just singular votes. Um, I know of one election that was decided by 75 votes, one that was decided by 17 votes. Like your classes are larger than this. <laughs> Yeah. You can definitely make a difference when it comes to voting, even if it's just voting for like who your SGA senator should be or who your SGA president should be. Stuff like that matters because they ultimately decide if you're involved with a student organization, um, if they're going to receive funding or if maybe there's a, the rock climbing club at UCF wants to go on an adventure somewhere, but they need funding to do it. Well, SGA is probably going to fund that, but unless you have allies there, there's no way you can really do that. You gotta, you gotta advocate for yourself, um, which is why voting is so important. If you know somebody it has the same interests as you, it, it's just so much easier. But back to like why voting is so essential, not just you know locally with UCF or with your county commissioner even, it's just so important because that's where your dollars are going. Um, especially, and we're going to talk about this in a little bit, the census is so important because that's where we figure out how many of our congressional members we have. And the state of Florida could gain two congressional members um, in 2021, which would make us 29 congressional members. That says a lot when it comes to the electoral college. Um, we get 29 votes, and it's, it's just a huge thing to really, really have. And thinking about it, we're the third most populous state UCF is the second largest university in the country. Think about the ramifications that our area could have if every single UCF student voted. Mind-blowing. So when you think about who is representing you, not just at the federal level, think about it you know, at the state level. You have parents, you have a sister, a brother, siblings, or just friends that are always impacted by it. The roads you drive on, you have a driver's license, um, like if you're getting a job or trying to get a job, things like that are how you're impacted every day by your voting decisions. So it really does matter. Yeah, I think that's so important that you mentioned the local issues because anyone who's driven down Alafaya Trail knows that, you know, those are things that are not determined by the White House or the Senator, probably not the United States Congress. Those are things that the Orange County Commission maybe looks at the roads, safety, you know, students who are going from one campus to another, if they're taking classes downtown or in Rosen, wouldn't you love to have a quicker way to get there? And, and, and particularly with a lot of the majors our students are in, right? If you're a hospitality major, you should really be concerned about local policy that impacts jobs that 
um, you're looking to go into, or if you're a business major, or you're an engineering major, I think a lot of those funding decisions are, are made on the local level. And so it's sometimes when we do get frustrated, we think about those hot button issues that are very polarized or partisan, but there are some very real local issues that, I mean, I don't think transportation is a very partisan issue. Everyone travels, everyone goes from one side of town to the other, but it, it can be because it can get stuck based on different business interests or economic interests. Exactly. Um, and I think what you just said, the first thing that comes to mind when, I, when I'm thinking about how it will directly impact students is that we've, uh, since I was a student, which was in, I graduated in 2013, I've always heard discussions about, oh, we need a walk over bridge over Alafaya um, from university. And that has been going, that is like an ongoing conversation. And it just hasn't happened because the state legislature hasn't funded it. Which means if we had better advocates or we provided more support for our elected officials when it comes to advocating for that particular issue, we could see a difference. And that would mean safer roads for our students across. We just want to make sure everybody's safe. And you just have no idea like how much government really impacts your everyday life. It's one of those things that we all have to deal with. Um, even if we don't want to, it impacts our lives every day. Even now we see it with our post office. So if you want to get your vote by mail ballot, make sure you mail it before the deadline, way before the deadline to make sure it gets there. I wanted to ask you, I was listening to a podcast the other day that's better than this podcast. And someone was talking about voting and using an analogy that voting is like, you know, one of the tools to maybe building a house. And it's, it's like having the wooden framing, but if you just have that, you can't really build the house to get things done. You, you need nails, you need concrete, you need all the other things. So what are, you mentioned advocacy, but what are some other ways that when it's not an election time that young people can have their voice heard to affect change? So before I answer that question, I want to do a quick myth-busting moment because I've always heard um, a, a lot of people say this, that if they vote by mail, it's not counted until the very last time. That's not true. If you vote by mail, it's 100% counted. The only time it wouldn't be counted is if there was a mistake with your signature. Um, so just wanted to get that out of the way. And you can register to vote in Florida online. We're actually one of the few states that will allow you to do that so huge thing but yeah i think that voting and like being involved is not just one of those many aspects when it comes to advocacy i like to think of it as we're all advocates because when you go to the doctor when you go to the mechanic things like that you always have to say hey there's this issue with my body my car whatever if that person doesn't believe that there's an issue you're going to probably say well no, I understand there's an issue because it's making the sound or this hurts or something like that. We're always advocating for ourselves. So every day we have new challenges that, you know, kind of present itself. But when it's not election day um, and there's not a big election waiting for us, we can definitely advocate in other ways. It's not just about advocacy for ourselves, it's advocacy for our community. And I think UCF has done this pretty well when it's off-year election, not off-year cycles, that's what it's called. Um, you know, you see a lot of people talking about, well, UCF could do this. Well, that's great, but unless somebody is actually doing it, nothing's going to happen. Um, I think another good example of how people advocate is like if you're applying for a scholarship, you're advocating for yourself and telling people why you should get that scholarship. Um, that is one of the best examples I could give about how we advocate on an everyday basis. Um, but another good point is also that when you advocate, you're making a difference for your community. And that's what I do here at Second Harvest. I provide a voice to those who may not have time to voice their opinion. Um, when I advocate for people who don't have access to food, it means that I'm able to share their story tell our elected officials why it's important for them to have food on their table as if it wasn't obvious enough. Um, and then hopefully they are inspired to make that change. And that's why if I'm advocating, you're advocating, and five other people are advocating for exactly the same thing, 
they have to pay attention to us. So advocacy is all around us. We do it every day. We just don't realize it. Yeah, I don't think people realize how important simple things are too, like uh, adding your name to something or calling your local elected officials office and just by nature of their phone ringing or um, speaking to people in the media or you know, using whatever platform you have on social media to point out an issue that is important to you, whether it's the environment, whether it's a local economic issue or safety issue. I think if you bring attention to it and then you bring other people into your boat and say, hey, let's all you know, use our collective voice. I think people in leadership start to, I know it happens at UCF, right? I'll get an email from one student and they'll say, hey, I don't like this thing that's going on in the fitness center. And I'm like, okay, you know, glad they use their voice. I'll, I'll address their concern, but it's just one student. But now I get three emails and I get five emails and I get people coming by my office or calling me and I'm like, ooh, okay, this is a trend. And now I need to talk to my staff and say, hey, what's really going on here? Is this something we need to address? And then ultimately those students who brought the issue to us have affected change. I think the, the power of speaking um, without being, you know, uh, disrespectful or uh, belligerent or you know trying to go about it in an inappropriate way if you're respectful if you're confident and you let your voice be heard I think that's how you can affect some change that's important to you absolutely and that's how the entirety of our country was started because one person decided hey this doesn't seem right uh, and then they, a bunch of other people started saying exactly the same thing so you know, thank goodness that they had that, that foresight of why advocacy matters. Um, but I think you're right, like social media is such a powerful tool. Even if that just means like, hey, the water fountains in the rec center taste funny. Everybody else says, yeah, they do taste funny. Okay, then maybe there's something wrong. Um, you know, just <laughs> a silly example, but you could really make change so easily if you have the tools, if you know exactly what you're doing, and it doesn't take much um, to really make that change happen. Was the water fountain issue an issue when you were a student? Because <laughs> I, there was uh, a water fountain that the water was always hot, and we would get emails about it, and I think we were able to finally get it fixed. There was some mechanical issue, but that was an actual thing. That was a problem. No, I totally made it up. Oh, well. <laughs> It may have been like subliminal, like, or in your subconscious, but you know, stuck with you all this time. That, that wasn't actually, I don't think it tasted funny, um, or maybe it did. Um, you mentioned earlier the, the census. Uh, you know, I, I own a home. I got something in the mail two, three months ago. Uh, my wife filled it out. We sent it back. And so I'm pretty confident that our voice was heard in the census. But how, how would you... Uh, advise someone who's a student who's maybe listening to this going, oh, I didn't, I didn't know that there was something, some action I had to take. Uh, what steps can they take to make sure that they are, are registered in, in the census? So if you live on campus, the UCF has already counted you. So you are set. If you live off campus, which I did my sophomore year through senior year, uh, so I'm assuming it's going to be the majority of students. If you live off campus, you should check your mail or you should ask your family back home, making sure that they included you in that census. So the reason I love talking about the census is that everything that we do, including funding for UCF, swimming for, for our roads, for other education, early education, um, is all decided because of the census. So if we don't accurately portray who is in our homes, um, who's in our neighborhood, then we're not going to have that funding source. And it's going to be a huge issue because we constantly see population growth here in Central Florida. Um, I love doing myth busting, so I'm going to bust another myth here. I know a lot of people heard that uh, citizenship was going to be on the census. This year, um, I can't say for 10 years from now, but it is not included in the census. They will never ask you if you're a citizen or uh, what kind of, where on the process you are. The only thing that they're interested in is making sure that you and your family are counted. So again, does not matter if you're a citizen or if you're a resident, um, maybe you're undocumented. It doesn't matter. They're not going to ask you that. And none of that information is public 
until 72 years from now. So that's just one of the ways that you can really be an advocate. Make sure you tell your parents or your guardians, hey, we need to fill this out. Or if you're off campus, maybe you got something in the mail and you just don't remember filling it out. You're super easy. It's nine questions. You just go to 2020census.gov and you just start it off. It takes like maybe five minutes if you have more than like two people in your household. So it's not that hard at all. Thanks for that. I, I saw something that the city of Orlando put out on their social media that response rates in the city were lower than the national average at this time. And I know the because of COVID, um, a lot of the efforts to go door to door um, have been peeled back a little bit because uh, of the safety issues and maybe some of the, the political considerations around the census and its power. So I think that's something that if you're sitting at home listening to this, or I would hope you're like, uh, going for a run listening to this or on a on a treadmill or working out listening to this. I don't, I don't know how motivating this conversation would be to burning calories, but if you're wherever you are, um, please Google the 2020 census or use the link Kelly just gave to uh, look into it, fill it out so that uh, we are and you are represented. So I appreciate that information. because I think that's something that's um, everything gets lost in the fog of uh, everyday polls and who's winning this horse race and how uh, this election's going or the controversy of the day. And I think that can be a little off-putting to students. And, and I know when I was a student, it was so long ago, there wasn't social media when I was in college. And so we didn't really have a lot of that noise, but now some of it floods the zone and we tune out because I just, I don't want politics infecting every other aspect of my life, but I think when you think about the critical nature of, of these issues, you'll realize it's not something just to eh, brush off, I don't wanna pay attention to that. And now is a great time, particularly for younger people to be laser focused, locked in and, and pay attention. Yeah, couldn't have said it better myself. Of course you can. <laughs> is there any other, I guess, aspect of, of getting involved we haven't talked about that you think would be important for, again, the the college student, the 18 to 22 year old, who's particularly in this time thinking about, you know, what, what is my degree going to even be in and what jobs are going to be available? What other ways um, could they potentially advocate for themselves? Great question. And I have to say, when I was a student at UCF, I actually had, um, my major was electrical engineering. Um, I obviously did not get a degree in that. Um, and then I was undeclared for a really long time until I realized the inevitable of, you know, political science was just my calling and I was pushing it away for whatever reason. Um, but I think it's really easy to get caught up in what's going on right now. So don't let what's happening right now influence you. But I do want to say that as somebody who was in political science, there are ways to make a living um, doing and getting a degree in this because I know myself included, a lot of times you think, oh, well, I gotta be pre-law, that's it. I just, there's no other way. Um, but right now people are so fired up about politics, which is great. Um, and there's so many opportunities just to get involved with your local candidate. I wanna echo somebody really quick because she's a UCF alumni. She's, I think, still a UCF student, frankly. She's, I think, gonna be a triple night at this point. Um, but Anna Skamani, she is a state representative that represents the downtown Orlando area. And I actually went to UCF with her. So I, I got to organize with her and see everything. She's a great friend. But she's a really great example of how you can really figure things out and make a difference. She has been so instrumental to our community. And I don't even want to say community, actually, to the state of Florida, because she's helped so many individuals receive their unemployment benefits, get food on their table, and she's sometimes even digging into her own wallet to do these things for her constituents. So, you know, look at people like her, look at your leaders. If you think you're interested in this as a career, get an internship. There's so many opportunities out there and you have so much access to doing everything you want as an intern. Um, hey, if you want to come and intern at the food bank, please let me know. I will make that opportunity available to you. Um, but you just have to ask. That's all I've learned in my life at this point is 
one, you should always ask because the worst they can say is no. Uh, and second, just do what you need to do. Don't worry about other people's opinions. Uh, I just, maybe it's because I'm in my late 20s and going into my 30s or I just have stopped caring <laughs> about what other people say. But hey, that's so freeing and liberating. I wish I had learned that earlier. I wish I could say I'm just in my late 20s. Um... <laughs> I'm in my last year, 20s, so. <laughs> 30s are great. Uh, 40s are, are something else. Um, but, it, you know, it's, it's all about perspective, too. Uh, I was talking about this earlier with our other guests that the issues that matter to you will continue to evolve throughout your life. And, you know, I wasn't too concerned about property taxes before I owned a house. Uh, I wasn't too concerned about um, some aspects of safety, because when you're younger, maybe you feel like, well, I'm invincible, nothing really happened to me. And then, you know, as, as you get older, or when I talk to my parents, some of the issues that they're laser focused on, because they're retired, are very different than mine. And Florida is an old state, right? We have a lot of snowbirds and retirees and people who um, move to Florida for all the great things about Florida. And they wield a lot of the political power because they're the ones who vote. And, and so I think that's another reason why it's important for young people to have a great showing. And I think the last couple cycles they have. And so a lot of times uh, there's people like me, like you kids, you need to vote. You need to get more active. And I, I think much more than my generation, uh, people in their 20s and, and 30s are doing much more than, than I ever could. So I actually have a different perspective. I think the, the young people are all right. That's why I work at a university. I, I, get inspired by their social responsibility and their uh, empathetic views on it's not just what's in it for me and what's going to make me the most money um, it's what's best for our community and, and society so uh, for any students listening to this um, I, I, I give you this advice knowing you probably know a lot of this but maybe some of these specific things we've mentioned um, give you even more ideas yeah I thought I knew everything when I was a student <laughs> oh that was wrong <laughs> was dumb I knew nothing it there was just not a, you couldn't google something like you couldn't just uh find the answer to something like even while I was talking to you I, I googled three different things I was googling something about the census just to inform myself where back then you had to go to the library and check out a book <laughs> now there's like a robot they just opened it last week there's like a robot conveyor belt that you enter which book you want and it goes and retrieves it for you yeah. automatically and uh, you know, I think that's a good thing. That's progress. And so think about all the progress that can happen um, if people get involved in both. Yeah. And, you know, I want to, I think we're kind of wrapping up, but I, you know, want to say something special. Like I'm a first generation American. So my parents migrated here knowing that their children would have greater opportunities. Um, and I was telling my husband the other day, and this is sound, gonna sound so cheesy, but whenever I hear uh, the national anthem, I get so teary-eyed because I think about what my ancestors would think about, you know, hey, they have somebody, myself and my brother, who are US citizens, they're here taking opportunities that come to them and making a difference, not just for their family, but for everybody around them. So. You know, if there's anybody who is listening, who is a first generation American, first in their family to go to college, it, it is a profound movement that you are part of. Take advantage of it. There are so many opportunities for you out there. And I just can't wait to see what you're going to do with all that. Awesome. Well, we'll end on that advice. I appreciate it, Kelly. And thank you for joining us. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thanks, Gary. <laughs>